I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Good afternoon, Anwar. Good afternoon, Fairlith. And good afternoon, or morning, or evening, or middle of the night to everybody listening. Yeah. Today is a pretty special episode because we have the Disney classic that everybody knows. That everyone knows and loves. That everyone knows and loves. 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure. Quite a title. Indeed. Uh, (laughs) um, But before we get to that and... My, our thoughts about it, and I think they're going to be very different today based on what Anwar just said okay, to me before we okay. started recording. Oh, I like um, it. I like it. I like it. I like it's it going to be we, spicy. <laughs> yeah, I like it when we have conflicting thoughts. Yeah, me too. And we, okay. you know, we still have mutual respect and friendship, so that's important. It is. <laughs> for you to listen to at home. Yes. All right, but first, Disney news. What have you got? Uh, so uh, there hasn't really been a whole lot in terms of uh, major Disney news within the last few days because, of course, we did record the last episode like only like five days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, kind of the big, well, it's not even really big, but uh, one cute little piece of news that I found is that uh, so Disney World and like the Magic Kingdom are all prepping for the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, uh, I believe, they finished fully decorating the castle. Uh, it looks pretty and blues and ribbons and it's all cute and stuff. Um, but the fun thing that I found was that, uh, in front of the Magic Kingdom, like in front of, uh, like the big, um, Mickey topiary that's there in front of it, mm-hmm. uh, they have two model, uh, two, I guess like bush model things. I don't really know what they're called, but, uh, of Mickey and Minnie standing next to, uh, a nice cake, like a, it looks like a three tier cake. With uh, pinks and blues and a big fifty on top of it and ribbons and stuff and uh, I remember se- and I was seeing that people were commenting about how it looks like uh, it's reminiscent of the twenty fifth anniversary cake twenty uh, fifth <laughs> anniversary castle cake uh, for those of you in the know or who remember but mm-hmm. um, was it Magic Kingdom or was it Disneyland I think it was it Magic, was Magic Kingdom. Kingdom yeah no so Disneyland's the- not going to do anything like that that's pure Florida. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So the Magic Kingdom for their 25th anniversary decided to decorate the castle because they do that every every major anniversary, I suppose. But they decorated the castle to look like a giant cake, like a big castle cake. And it was a choice. It was was, uh, atrocious. (laughs) It was a thing they did. And yeah, and you can go back and just if you just search like Magic Kingdom 25th anniversary castle, you'll find pictures of this of this cake and it is uh, or this castle castle cake. It's 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 remarkable. It's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't know. Okay, like everybody hates the birthday cake castle, but I don't hate it. Like everyone says it was bad. (laughs) I shouldn't have said it was atrocious because I've always thought, what do you people want? Do you want, do you want blood? Do you want blood from Michael Eisner? Was it Michael Eisner? I think it was. Do you want blood Uh, from Michael Eisner? Sort of mid-90s? 25 years ago? Oh my God, it was the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh my God. A moment of silence for my youth. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I think I think it's memorable. I think it's great marketing. It is. And... It's definitely memorable. 
I don't see any reason to get mad about it. Well, and that's fair. Like, I mean, like, you're right. It's nothing to really, like, be mad and be like, why did you ruin the castle kind of thing? It's more just like, that was just a very, very interesting choice. Very tacky. It's very (laughs) tacky. tacky. It's very tacky. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, it was only for the 25th anniversary. The cake looks really cute, though. I think it's nice. Yeah, it's just like a cute little three-tier cake. It's adorable. Yeah, absolutely. Got anything else? No. Okay, well, I have a couple of things. Um, Because it's just a slow news minute, um, other than the fact that, you know, Space Mountain breaks down a lot. You should know that. It does. Um, Did you know that? Like, it's one of the ones that breaks down the most? I didn't know it was one of the ones that breaks down the most, but I know it breaks down pretty frequently, for sure. Yeah. um, It's because the loading speed of it is too fast for it to be... um, efficient and not break uh you Mm -hmm. need to get the whole uh car loaded in 30 seconds in order for the ride not to break down so Mm. a tip for you if it does break down it'll often be back up in 10 minutes so don't leave the line and you'll get on way sooner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so anyway that wasn't my news i i I was just being cagey um cagey nope that's not what i was being i am excited because i just learned this fact about disneyland um by opening a reddit thread so full disclosure i started this research rabbit hole on reddit (laughs) but um in the water by big thunder mountain railroad there are a bunch of turtles and someone took a picture of them and was like why are there turtles um living uh in the rivers of america and it turns out, one, that the turtles were placed there, um, which is cool that they just stocked the river with turtles. Because I don't know if you know that Tom Sawyer Island, which is now Pirate's Lair, used to be stocked with fish around it. Uh, that would make sense. I mean, like, it just makes sense that they would put water life into yeah. the rivers of America. Well, it was for fishing. You could catch oh, like a fish. fish. Yeah, real fish. Like fish you could eat. Um, so you'd uh, drop a line into Catfish Cove on Tom Sawyer Island. You'd try to catch a fish. Um, and the, you could bring your catch over to the Aunt Jemima Pancake House. This was the 50s. Oh, my God. And um, they would store your fish in ice for you. And then you could take it home at the end of the day. But what ended up happening was dead fish everywhere in the theme park. So it didn't really work out. Um, but... Uh, the some of the so I don't know if any of the relatives of the fish are in there, but um, they do stock it with mosquito fish, and that's why you don't get uh, bitten by mosquitoes in Disneyland because the Rivers of America also supplies water to like Jungle Cruise, um, mm-hmm. the Castle Moat, the Big Thunder Pond, like all that stuff. So there's one wildlife in any of those bodies of water, but two, no mosquitoes anywhere in the park because the water's stocked with mosquito fish, which I think is so cool. That's very clever. A great idea. That um, is a very good idea. The mosquito fish also eat algae. They eat any insect larva, uh, larvae, lar- larvae. How do you say larvae? Larva? Larva? The, uh, the plural, you know, with an E on the end. I've only larvae? ever seen it. Larvae? I've only ever seen it written, I just realized. Hmm. Um crazy uh and then um deceased fish uh in the in the thing are eaten by catfish that are in there and the whole thing has eventually become its own uh ecosystem because ducks would come in but uh different freshwater creatures would get brought in by the ducks with eggs on their feet oh fun yeah so there's uh in the rivers of america and the other bodies of disneyland water uh there are uh freshwater carp koi uh sometimes freshwater salmon catfish red-eared slider turtles and um all sorts of birds that come to eat those things that's fun yeah isn't that cool i just thought i mean it's not really news except to me and and you i guess right now but um kind of neat 
That is kind of neat. And it's very interesting, especially considering that the the jungle around the Jungle Cruise ride is also its own self-sufficient it's, ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. It's been declared a real jungle. So that's yeah. really neat. That's um, super cool. Yeah. I, I, I That's that. why Disneyland is so special to me. I admittedly have never been to Disney World, but the Disneyland was the first one. Mm-hmm. Matters to me. It, it feels like I know Walt didn't want it to be a museum, but like that it's so detailed and there's so much and there's in it um, yeah. in this small space is very special to me because it's more immersive because Disney World, like I've seen these giant paths and stuff they have. But Disneyland yeah. just seems like so cozy and full of secrets to discover that it's really <laughs> special to me. Yeah. I also just think it's a really interesting kind of um, it's just indicative of how just nature will figure its shit out. Isn't that nice? Isn't that cool? Just like, <laughs> yeah, they they did the Rivers of America. They threw like some fish in there. And then just over the over years, nature was like, hey, we re- we, kn- I, we, re- we noticed that this isn't properly done here. Let's do it ourselves. And nature just like fixes it. Yeah. It's just just nature's cool, man. Nature's nature cool. is cool. I agree with you. Nature will figure its shit out. And it's great. <laughs> That's a movie quote. I guess, maybe. (laughs) It's a life quote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I have one other. It's not Disney news, but it's Disney news to me. So you have to hear about it anyway. Sure. Um, I didn't know. uh, I've never tried to order anything from a secret menu in my life because I always figure it's kind of rude. But when I find out that Disneyland has some kind of secret menu, I'm Hmm. like, okay, well, they wouldn't, like, let that happen unless it was real because everything in Disneyland is... You can't just decide there's a secret menu item. You'll get in trouble. That's Hmm. not how it works. So I'm really excited about the Lamplight Lounge secret menu. And I wanted to tell you about the stuff on it. Cool. Cool. I don't know if you already know about this. I don't know about the secret menu, but I have been to the Lamplight Lounge and it's very Ah, nice. I'm so jealous. I want to go to the Lamplight Lounge so badly. I want to eat with that view of Pixar Pier so much. I think the most delicious food in history is the food that you eat while looking at Mickey's Fun Wheel. I I just, oh, I I want to go so bad. Okay, there are five secret drinks available, as far as I know from my research. Uh, the mm-hmm. Fun Wheel is the most well-known one. Um, it looks sort of like that um, uh, adorable snowman um, Pixar stripey dessert drink, you know? Um, uh-huh. It's, uh, oh boy, it is intense. It's $14, but I think it's worth it because you get gin, vodka, rum, Pineapple juice, X-rated passion fruit vodka, and blue curacao. <laughs> so oh, you're yeah. going to so, be rolling on out of there. Yeah, so you're looking like a three ounce, at least a three-ounce cocktail. Yep. And yeah, it's, I know. Uh, that, that's, that sounds about right. I think that's right for $14. It's beautiful. Um, the way the, the alcohol densities work is the bottom layer's yellow, next layer's orange, next layer's dark blue, next layer's turquoise. And it is Cute. stunning. Um, really excited about that. The Neverland Tea. It's a Long Island iced tea inspired beverage. It's thirteen twenty five. Again, American ap- prices. I guess, like, of course, you know that. But just for the record, it's made with vodka, gin, and rum, plus peach schnapps, pineapple juice, and Midori. And um, it's green. It's uh, just Peter Pan green with pineapple Cute. wedge. Um, they have a, the zombie available at the Lamplight Lounge. You've ever had a zombie? No, but I think I've heard of it. You can get them at the Shameful Tiki Room in town. Oh, um, cool. In Vancouver, where we are. So the zombie. Light rum, dark rum, coconut rum, spiced rum, 151 rum, orange and pineapple juice, blue curacao, Midori, and grenadine. It is... It looks 
it looks like a horror movie drink. It's got mm. it's garnished with raspberries. It's gorgeous. It looks like it would fuck you up. Um, How much is we, that one? Oh, sorry about that. That is unclear from this mm. uh, review because I guess they didn't get this one, but they do have a beautiful picture of it. The mm. next one, I also don't know the price. It's the Melrose Place, which mm. is hilarious. <laughs> I haven't heard that phrase in a while. Um, that's another Long Island iced tea variation, but with strawberry pu- puree and rose regal. Um, so it's got sparkling wine in it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and it's garnished with strawberry and a lemon. Maybe that one is like weirdly... Uh a callback to when California Adventure was like fully dedicated to California. <gasps> Good call. Yes, absolutely. That's what it is. Very wise. Uh, then we got the Sea Witch. Don't know the price of this either. Um, it's I think got we can assume. I think we can assume that the prices of these all around cocktails. Thirteen like to fifteen dollars. Thirteen to fifteen bucks, yeah. Yeah. Um, sea witch, raspberry vodka, peach schnapps, blue curacao with a splash of cranberry juice and Sprite. It is so blue. I don't understand how how it looks like this. It's it's just it's so blue it practically glows. It's incredible. It's I awesome. Love that. It's a uh, sour, um, sort of Jolly Ranchery. I think I think it must sort of taste like a, a <laughs> holy water or a porn star. <laughs> yeah, the Sea Witch is fourteen dollars. So yeah, that's what they've got right now. Um, I also saw on Reddit uh, recently they have a secret drink they've introduced called the Black Pearl, and it's got Ooh. a like black maraschino suspended in the middle, maraschino cherry rather. So I don't know any more details about that, but I'll try and find them. Anyway, there is a secret menu at the Lamplight Lounge, and when and if you go, you should uh, get something off it. But in the meantime, check out pictures. I love it. Me too. That's very fun. <laughs> It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I was just going to try and like talk about like my experience of going to the Lamplight Lounge. You should it's tell very me. cozy. Yeah. Oh, it's very cozy. Yeah, it's very it's yeah, you, you basically go down the stairs uh, and then they have all this beautiful artwork like all over the walls, uh, a bunch of like concept art and everything. And uh the booths, like there are there are booths along the wall, and uh, so many of the booths are kind of based off of, uh, or, or they're they're kind of dedicated to different movies. So like you'll have one booth that has art exclusively from Incredibles, another booth that's art exclusively from Toy Story, that kind of thing. It's very nice. Uh, Lamplight Lounge is also one of the only places in either parks where you can actually purchase alcohol. Oh yes. Yeah, that Not and the-, uh, uh, the cantina in. Uh, Batu. Yeah, Ogus Cantina. Ogus Cantina. Um, as of recently, Blue Bayou. Oh, that's new. It is new. It's it's post pandemic new. Yeah. Um, and Club Thirty Three. Club Thirty Three, of course. Does Carthay yeah. Circle not serve alcohol? That I don't know. I've never Let's been. Find out. I really want to go to Carthay Circle. It looks so fancy. It does look very fancy. Yeah. Um. Yes, yes. I, unless the tequila daisy is a virgin tequila daisy, they definitely serve alcohol. Fabulous. Cute. Yeah. So yeah, so just a couple spots there uh, there and around. Nice. That's fun. Yeah. That's all I my news. It. I just, I didn't have any, so I thought I should just share some fun facts. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Well. Okay. Well, let's head over to the main topic today, which is this movie, 101 Dalmatians 2. Patches London Adventure, uh, not to be confused with 102 Dalmatians, which is the uh, live action sequel. <laughs> so it doesn't have make... the same plot, though. 
No, it does not. So here's my question with this movie. Mm-hmm. Why pick Patch exclusively? Was Patch even... Did they mention him in the first one? They did, but they also mentioned a few other pups. Um, but if I'm going to pick, like, any of the puppies to be, like, I guess, exclusive or special, I would probably pick Lucky because he's the one that almost died. Good point. Or Rolly because right? everyone likes an or underdog. Rolly because he's adorable and he's underdog. round. It's I, I see what you did there. <laughs> I, um, um, I love Rolly. I want to see more Rolly all the time. But maybe it's because, like, in the original, I think uh, Patch was the one who was most into the show. And they heavily leaned into the Thunderbolt show. Yeah, that was movie. pretty cool. So maybe that's why. Sure. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So here's how we're going to do this. So we're going to go through. So I'm going to talk about the movie. Uh, it, let's hope I can do it well because there's literally four plots happening in this movie i yes there are <laughs> literally literally four storylines which is too too many which is way too many in my opinion mm-hmm. but <laughs> okay so basically this movie takes place shortly after the events of the first film uh the uh, Roger and Anita are packing up the house because they're going to move because they bought a farm. A Dalmatian so, plantation. Yes. Yeah, so they're literally going to go forward with this plan, which I think is kind of fun. Great. Um, we've got some news. Uh, uh, Jasper and Horace are in prison. Cruella uh, was able to go free, probably because she's an heiress and she was able to pay it off and all that jazz. Um, but she uh, has a restraining order against the family and so everybody's happy. Everybody's packing up to go to the house or to go to this this new farm. And we focus around Patch. And Patch is continuing his, you know, fanness of the Thunderbolt show and everything. And that's kind of where the majority of this movie is going to revolve around. Um, Patch kind of struggles with the fact that he's one of 101. Yeah, which I get I kind that. Of, which I get. I which I Which I do understand. I understand kind of like... How how am I really that special if I'm just one dog out of a hundred out of literally? Point is how dogs? many dogs there are like me. Like yeah, yeah exactly I get it. right. So I I get, I get what he's saying, and like we especially feel it when every when uh, the family does eventually leave the house and Pongo miscounts all of the dogs. And this is kind of a running gag throughout the film that Pongo is, like, miscounting all the puppies, right? And mm-hmm. so when he assumes that he's got all of his puppies, they drive off. And there's Patch, who ended up getting left behind. And so he super feels that that sense of um, just that he's not special, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I get that. And so his, his, his connection to the Thunderbolt show is that he wants to feel like a special hero dog that he sees his hero in in Thunderbolt. Now, any of us who have ever seen uh, these kinds of shows that tell you that you're special and that sort of thing, you know, us nerds, we we get that. We get that vibe. We all want to be the, the special one. We all want to be the chosen one. We all want to be special and heroes and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, I do super understand where Patch is coming from. 
I do. Yeah, I do too. And I so, think it's a really relatable, like frankly, much more relatable than Ariel's problem in the Little Mermaid kind yes, of problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, like my, I think my 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 issue with this movie isn't necessarily Patch's motivations because Patch's motivations are actually very very clear and they're very reasonable. Reasonable, right? I think it's just everything else that happens around him that just kind of is just is just bonkers and weird. Anyway, so. The fam, the Radcliffe family is moving to this plantation. Um, I feel weird calling it a plantation, but that's yeah. Fine. <laughs> it's not really. It's just a farm. They it's just, a farm. The original they, writers thought, oh, plantation and Dalmatian rhyme. Like it's yes. not. It's not an actual plantation at all. No, they're just it's, silly. It, they're just going to. They're just moving to a farm. Um, yeah, and so they get left behind. Uh, we find out Cruella is. Still weirdly obsessed with furs and like it cuts to her like did, did she even need to be in this movie? No. No. She super didn't. And yet she is. Uh so like yeah, so it cuts to like Cruella like banging on the door of a fur store and like the owner is like, No, we can't have you in. It is part of your probation not to purchase any furs and blah blah blah. That makes sense. Which yes. And so she comes to the store and then as she's driving away her car which is still completely totaled because as we saw in the last movie it totally got totaled it's just like driving away breaks down then she walks past an art gallery and she sees a painting by an artist that is literally just a white canvas with a single spot and so she becomes obsessed yeah so cruella finds this painting with this just a white canvas with a black spot she becomes obsessed and just basically like starts like gets gets weirdly uh, attracted and this weird uh, uh, thing goes on with this like French beatnik artist who's voiced by Martin Short. The, by the cast way. in this is crazy good. The cast in this is hilarious. I should also mention that. Um, let's see. Hold on. Let me pull up this cast. Okay. So Barry Bostwick, who we know as Brad Majors, Brad Majors is Thunderbolt in this. He's movie. my favorite. I love Barry Bostwick. Which is just I, I met him one time. I think you did tell me that. Yeah, I did. He was nice. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, uh, Jason Alexander is Lil Lightning, who is apparently Thunderbolt's like little sidekick that we had no idea existed until literally this movie because he's never been mentioned before. But that's fine. Um, Jody Benson is Anita, and of course we know Jody yeah. Benson. Uh, Jim Cummings is in this movie. He's yeah, uh, he plays the villain the, in the show. The villain in the show, yeah, uh, Dirty Dawson. So uh, Frank Welker is supposed was. Uh, so here's the other interesting part. So some of the original characters from the original, like uh, the Colonel Sergeant Tibbs and the Captain, were or who was uh, the horse, um, were supposed to be in this movie. But they got cut. But they got cut. So, yeah. And I mean, like, I don't even know how they would have been, how they would have fit, but whatever. It's fine. Anyway, back to this weird plot. So basically, Cruella and this artist kind of get together and are like, and he becomes attracted to her because she understands his vision when it comes to the spots. And so he tells her that she is now his muse. And so basically they spend a good portion of the movie basically being like Corella like commissioning a bunch of art from him without paying him, which is interesting. 
but is like making him paint like painting after painting after painting all about spots and she's never satisfied and so he feels like a failure and so she realizes oh there's only one way to truly like to truly like uh receive the proper inspiration and blah 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 and so that's where we get the idea that she's going to go after the puppies again so that's one plot in this movie but the dialogue is so good like that's the thing that i love about the movie i love it because the plot is horrible and the dialogue is awesome so uh, clearly some writer was told this is what you're doing enjoy and they were like well i'm gonna make it as good as possible which is what i always want from these disney video sequels (laughs) that it's like michael eisner whomever was in charge at the time was just like i don't know just make it this or whatever and they were like okay well jokes on you buddy and then they make it great so it's like i like it for that i think the dialogue in the context of this terrible plot is so good i i i think it's okay i think it only really shines through in the a plot between patch and thunderbolt i i was thinking more of like what martin short and jason alexander make of it honestly um but i I, I see what you're saying they they certainly do the best that they can with it, but that's just mm-hmm. because I think that Martin Short and Jason Alexander are just experienced actors. They are. Right? Um, I'd have to watch it again. There was at least one gag where I was like, that's really good. Um, hmm. But I don't remember it now, so who knows yeah. how good it really was. Anyway, and so uh, Patch sees an ad for these auditions for uh, the Thunderbolt series. And so he goes, he finds out they're in London. So he goes to the park. He goes to try an audition. He gets ridiculed because he can't bark properly. Uh, but then Thunderbolt, who is your very classic, you know, big famous actor who's only who's only interested in being in the spotlight and blah, blah, blah. That's kind of his whole character thing, which is something we've seen before, but it's fine. And then he finds out fr- he gets told by his little trusty psychic, little lightning, who's a little corgi, again, uh, voiced by Jason Alexander, that the writers are planning to write him out of the show. They want to kill him off the show. And so he gets scared because he's like, I don't want to lose my job and everything. And then he realizes the best thing that he can do is if he can somehow get into get into the papers and receive a bunch of publicity, then the writers won't write him out. And so he decides to go and do a bunch of hero shit uh, because, you know, he figures if he can do real hero shit, then, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah, which makes sense. Which does make sense. Again, I think all the motivations in this are explained adequately for a kid's movie. It's not just, oh, like, kids don't care, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, again, like, that's why I'm saying that the main the main plot between Patch and Thunderbolt is probably the only really good plot in this movie because it's the only one that actually has real motivation and is actually written to make sense. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, and so he goes and finds Patch because Patch knows the entire show backwards and forwards because... Patch is a nerd, and that's what we do. We know things. <laughs> and so he seeks out the the assistance of Patch to try and perform all these feats that he's done already in the show, but just repeat them in real life. And so he goes out to do a bunch of stuff. He tries to save a cat from a tree. Turns out the cat was hunting birds. He tries to stop a carriage from running away, even though it was just a normal moving horse-drawn carriage that was pulling a pair of newlyweds and then he scares the horse and then mm-hmm. he launches the the couple into the into into a pond it's all very silly classic yeah <laughs> it's all very silly and it's very cute and yeah so again like that plot is fine <laughs> and then and then we see and then we see the Radcliffe's arrive at their farmhouse it's a very very old rundown run ha- rundown uh uh, farmhouse, which is probably why they could afford it. 
Uh, mm. So much so that when when Roger is pushing his piano into the house, it just falls straight through the floor. I can't imagine how long it took to tune it again. Right? Or even just repair the damn thing. I know. <laughs> like, my God. Anyway, it was it's a funny little gag. Um, yeah, so all that's going on. And then cut back again to Cruella basically paying for Jasper and Horace's bail to get them to go back to the farm to kidnap all the puppies, bring them back to London so that she can get the the artist man to do unspeakable things to them again because again <laughs> that's that's her only that's her only purpose and only motivation um yeah. and then he realizes that she's batshit crazy and so she ties him up and then she resolves to just do it herself again so we're kind of like dipping back into the prequel plot again Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so uh, then they do the Twilight Bark thing, which uh, which I thought was clever again because how else are they going to know? I love the Twilight Bark. It I, I think it's I think it's a concept that works. I agree. I think, I think it makes perfect sense. It really does. And so then we have uh, so after a full very very long day of uh, Patch and Thunderbolt kind of bonding and realizing that oh you know that you know they're they're kind of okay. And like Patch is of course still idolizing Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt kind of realizes, Oh, there's more to this kid than meets the eye kind of thing. Eventually he kind of realizes, Oh, I should probably tell this kid the truth. You know, that whole, like that whole character arc and everything. And then they find out that the puppies are cat are kidnapped. Uh, and so they go to try and save them. And then of course, uh, Lil lightning overhears this as well. And so he's like, Oh no, uh, Thunderbolt's going to go and save them. And then if he saves them, he'll get into the press. And if he gets into the press, he'll still be, uh, he'll still be on the show because, of course, mm-hmm. his mo- little lightning's motivation is that he wants to kick Thunderbolt off the off the show so that he can be the star. Yeah, the little right? lightning show. Exactly, it's hilarious. I have never seen better casting in my life than Jason Alexander as a put upon underdog corgi. Like, oh, it's the best. It's very it so funny. I loved yeah. it. And uh, yeah, and so then little lightning goes to the same warehouse. Is pretending to be the friend. They all break into the thing and uh, then they get caught. Except for Little Lightning who is like hiding away because he's, you know, snarky or I don't know. He's just like, he's like the only one that like decides not to go in, go into the warehouse to get caught. And so Patch and Thunderbolt get caught by mm-hmm. Cruella and Jasper and Horace. Uh, and then Patch comes comes out and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I'm going to save all my siblings. And he eventually does. And so he gets all the puppies out of the house, out of the warehouse. And then there's a big chase that occurs. Uh, they end up like all the puppies end up in a double decker bus. And there's like a car chase of like a double decker bus. And like this canine uh, canine crunchies truck that Jasper Horace and Corella all stole. And it's very silly. Mm-hmm. But they're racing through the streets of London. As they do. As they do. Uh, until finally they get cornered. And then there's going to be... And then Cruella's finally going to get her uh, get her win. But then Thunderbolt starts to like fully act. Because he, 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 he ends up uh, arriving and saves the day kind of thing. And he ends up putting on this big act that he's suffering. And he's going to die. And he's doing a great <laughs> big dramatic death scene. Which admittedly I thought was very funny. Yep. Uh, and then... Corella swinging this tire iron around ends up smacking Jasper and Horace in the face, knocking them out. She falls into a, into a garbage can. <laughs> How convenient. It's, a, it's all very slapsticky. 
and then <laughs> uh and then thunderbolt like plays very dramatically dead and it's all very funny and silly and then the ratcliffs arrive in london because they received uh, they saw the newspaper that said that showed patch was still in london and so they were all freaking out because they decided to go back to london uh to try and save patch uh, and then as they arrive uh they noticed that um you know that corella was still there and everything and then they save the puppies and then it's all well and good and then everything of course and then, yay, everyone's happy. And, of course, Thunderbolt saved the day, even though uh, the siblings were all like, no, Patch saved us, you know, because Patch really was the one who kind of came forward and, like, really saved really saved their asses. So it was nice that he kind of got that recognition from his family, which was which I think was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, even from Thunderbolt, even Thunderbolt was like, you are, like, uh, you're definitely, like, a wonder dog kind of thing. So he, Yeah, it was so, so yeah. nice. So, yeah, so... Yeah, so that's basically the movie in a nutshell. Again, it's 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 just there's so many things happening. It's like really hard to like give a proper synopsis because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. So like if I were to look at this if I were to look at this plot and uh, and be like, "Okay, we need to cut some of this out." I would easily cut out the Cruella and the little lightning thing. Cuz I'm okay, I'm okay with the Patch and Thunderbolt story. I think it's I think it's nice. I think it's good. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm okay with the Ratcliffs, uh, turning around and coming back to London to go and, and to go and find them mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then like, yeah, but like, Corella really did not need, need to be in this movie. Yeah. I understand really why they didn't. put her in there, but it's all synergy. It's funny because 101 Dalmatians has a B plot kind of, but it's mostly very focused, tight storytelling. And I I am not a fan of C and D plots myself. I agree with you. It makes it all very convoluted. Yeah, it just becomes too much. And it's like, like I get you're trying to fill this movie in, but you could easily just fill it with what you have. Yeah, it feels like a, uh, four episodes <clears throat> of a cartoon series smashed together. Yeah, it's just it becomes just too much. And I just didn't I just wasn't a big fan of it. That's fair. I really enjoyed watching it, but I agree that like it could have done with being longer or shorter. I, I like it's man. I don't think it could have been shorter because it's already only an hour 10. Well, exactly. <laughs> it. I mean, it would have been good as a, a short film. Like, at oh, the yeah. be- like, like Pixar does at the beginning yeah. of their stuff. I would have been super fine with that. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, out of 101 Dalmatians, I'd probably give it. 50 Dalmatians. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of in there too. Like maybe 40, mm. 50, like. Maybe it's... five bonus for Barry Bostwick's performance, which I thought was glorious. <laughs> yeah, actually, admittedly, like Barry Bostwick, I think did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they did, they did what they needed to do in terms of the character development uh, between Patch and Thunderbolt. So they achieved that. Right. Yeah. But just everything else just seemed so unnecessary right uh, yeah i agree i don't know like at the end uh jasper and horace go back to prison corella gets taken away to an insane asylum because all she can think about is spots and stuff and it's like yeah, yeah. i don't know just no no i mean i see what you're saying yeah i think maybe if they had just spent like just a little bit more just yeah, or maybe it was because the producers were like, we have to have Cruella in this movie. And it's like, but do you? Do you? Well, do okay, you know? do you like it more than Cinderella 2? Um, yes, I do like it more than Cinderella 2 because Cinderella, because 
Um, and none of the stories in Cinderella 2 were actually any good. Except for, <laughs> except for I think, the one where Anastasia meets the baker. And this one actually didn't have a bad plot. It's yeah. just they had too many plots. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, that was yeah, I think it's it's better than Cinderella two and less better less good than Cinderella three. Oh, of course, Cinderella three think, is still is still the best like directed direct to, to video sequel that we've totally seen so far. agree with you there. Like, so it's it's like worth watching if you have to put on a Disney direct to DVD sequel for some weird reason, <laughs> um, and you have either Cinderella two or Patches London Adventure. Put on Patches London Adventure. But if yeah. you only have Cinderella three and Patches London Adventure, put on Cinderella three. Exactly. That's what I feel like. Do that. <laughs> it's much um, better. Yeah, I mean, this has been a pretty short episode, honestly. Like, it's a simple little movie. It feels like something you'd see on Family Channel or the Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Well, because um, it, it was well, because it was made for that, right? It was, yeah. Like, again, this is one of those straight to DVD, uh, straight to uh, TV movies. I think it was. Um, excuse me, by uh, by Walt Disney Television, I believe. Um, yeah, it was released direct to video June twenty first, two thousand three. Uh, including the behind-the-scenes footage making of docu- dog documentary, <laughs> <laughs> because why not? A bunch of songs that like I've never heard of, called, like music videos for "Try Again" by Will Young and "You're the One" by LMNT. I don't know what those are. <laughs> uh, the film was re-released on DVD on September 16, 2008. It was released on Blu-ray September 3rd, 2012, in the UK, along with the UK Blu-ray release of the original film. So I guess they were like one. It was one of those like um, two packs, mm-hmm. uh, double things. And then finally, the film was released on Blu-ray on June 9th, 2015, in the United States, following the first HD Blu-ray release of its predecessor. Yeah, and so uh, I mean, like in terms of its critical reception i mean like it received mostly positive reviews apparently uh yeah. rotten tomatoes rated uh, rating for it is currently 67 percent uh, i mean they based, they, on, based on only six reviews it has an average of five out of ten which is kind of what we're saying it's about yeah you know four out of four or five out of ten mm-hmm. yeah 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 um I, I think they review knowing what they're reviewing, you know. I don't think they'd rate Moana on the same scale, you know. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid little movie. If you're the kind of person who doesn't want your kid to sit in front of the TV watching the same movie over and over again, this is mm-hmm. a good way to trick them if 101 Dalmatians is what they want to be watching. Like, it's yeah. fine. It's not offensive. Yeah. It has reasonable character motivations. Uh, no diversity really whatsoever. It has a cameo by their dogs. Um, there's like, you know, five human characters, six human characters. They're all white, but like whatever. Like, oh God. They're not they're not really of any they're not of any real consequence. They don't like yeah. Diversity all... would be nice, but like honestly it's a bit of an embarrassing little movie. So I don't know. Well, yeah, because like Yes, yes, diversity is important, but at the same time, all all of the human characters are like very, very one note, and I'm yeah. like, if and I would much rather save the diversity for for human characters that actually matter, rather yeah. than being like, oh, like I don't know, like if 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 the artist happened to be a person of color, or you know, because he's he's the only new character. Mm-hmm. Is and and like some of the and like some of the people from like uh, from the production of the Thunderbolt show are there as well. But again, so many of them have like a page of lines. yeah, like very little. But they could have yeah. made somebody not white. They just weren't yet. 
So things get things are better now, and things yeah. will continue to get better. Um, yeah. Final thoughts? Anything else? Um, eh, it's a meh film, I yeah. guess. Um, there's there's still puppies in it, which makes me happy because puppies just always make me happy, even animated ones. Um, but all in all, yeah, like I think, yeah, I think I think it's an okay movie. It's an okay to kind of like watch if you really really like Hundred One Dalmatians, and you can just put it on and just be like, here here's like a little continuation of their story. It's very brief. It's only like seventy four minutes. It's only seventy four minutes long, so it's not that bad. And again, like in terms of like the plot. The main plus, the main A and B plot, A plot being the uh, uh, the Patch and Thunderbolt thing. The B plot, I think, uh, is probably the Ratcliffs going to. Well, maybe not even that. I mean, that's so minor. It seems very minor to me. I mean, like, I feel maybe like the B plot. Maybe the B plot is the Cruella thing. I think the B plot is the Cruella thing. I just, I just it's not like, good. I just didn't like the fact that Cruella was in it. No, I didn't either. But I think that is the main B plot. Um, mm. But like also like there's, I don't know. It's convoluted. It's a convoluted movie in that way. Because um, I'd say there's honestly two B plots and a C plot, which is mm. wild. Like it's a lot. It's a What's lot. the second B plot to you? Uh, second B plot to me would be Little Lightning. Really? Yeah. I would like that's hardly there. I mean, dramatically, only, like, maybe though, three or four scenes, I okay, suppose, maybe, yeah, but like maybe. he starts the whole thing happening. Right. I so, suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's good. I'm saying that it's like awkward because I feel like the yeah. Radcliffe's are the sea story in this, weirdly enough, because they don't really affect the protagonist except that they leave. Right. Like, yeah, that's a good point. So it's 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 just weirdly structured is all because you're not yeah. wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong either. It's just a little weirdly done. Holy moly. Yeah. What? The weather. Oh, I haven't even looked outside. It just started. Did it just start? Uh, it's pouring. Oh. Uh, sorry to interrupt about the podcast. We've just been having really crazy um, biblical style rainstorms lately. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yesterday was pretty bad. Today, well, it's not raining where I am yet, so it must it must just start. Must Maybe have just it's only over, over my house. Oh well, you 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 need to you need to perform a cleansing. You need to do some some sort of. I need to do then. something. Yep. On that note, <laughs> uh, what's next week so I can go cleanse my home of this rain? Uh, next week is the iconic live action 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close. Cannot I'm, wait. I'm legitimately excited for that. It's, so yeah. excited. I'm very right, excited awesome. for that. I'll talk to you next week about Glenn Close's 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Uh, talk to you all next week. Follow us on the various socials, you know, uh, all that jazz ca- at cast underscore Diz on Twitter and Instagram. And Dizcast on Facebook. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.